I didn't see it coming. Caught me out of nowhere. Honestly, no. You're fucking crazy if you don't put Forbidden back together, you know? And Norman Skinner's the guy that everybody will know about this time next year. And I got the call, and Craig posed the question to me, and it took me about half a second to say yes. What are we fucking looking at? Holy shit. It's all going to come together. These are my boys. This is what it's going to be. With great respect to any version of Forbidden there was, this is the new version, and this is what it is. All right, and we are here on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. I am DJ Anubis. And I'm DJ Neko. And we have special guests, Norman Skinner. As you can see, new lead man for the band, Forbidden. But you have a, a nice and long history in metal music, so I want to kind of dive into some of that before we get to your latest stint with Forbidden here. Sure. But first and foremost, how are you, sir? And thank you very much for taking the time out to do this with us. I'm doing great. I'm actually loving the uh, the, the California spring weather that we're getting now. So awesome. and finally, that, that weather that we pay for is kicking in. So <laughs> the one highlight for California, right? The one exactly. Everything else, like, they're gonna pay for the weather. So yeah. So I. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about the other day, because um, you've been part of acts like Magica, uh, Nivion, of course, is one of your main projects, and Skinner as well, Hellscream, and of course, Forbidden. Uh, I kind of remember in 2017 when uh, Nivion released The Druid King that I was really, really high on that record. like one of my favorite records of 2017. Oh, wow. And... I don't know. I guess you found me and you saw what I posted because I probably tagged a band or something. And uh, we became friends through that. Obviously, we don't hang out, but we talk occasionally on Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm always supportive of your your stuff that you're doing. Um, and that, that's not to interrupt, but that's only because you won't come hang out, man. It's not yeah. that far. <laughs> well, we actually, uh, there is a guy that lives out there that does YouTube stuff. So we're hoping one day to get out and kind of Go visit. So we'll pass through to see you on our way over. There. I, oh, yeah. I kind of travel a lot for work, and I did get to San Diego about five years ago. But I I've been more like in Asia lately. So okay, yeah, that's Southern California. That's basically like Asia because it's a whole. Yeah. It's like nine hours, eight nine hours away. So people are like L.A., San Diego. I'm like, oh, that's another planet. <laughs> and then of course up north uh what san francisco is like a whole other planet too it's like yeah so i'm I, i'm about two hours north of uh of the bay so oh, i know wow. the rest of the rest of forbidden's in the bay area i'm like two hours north so i, I gotta right. do the little commute yeah they're like come on rookie you come mm -hmm. with us yeah <laughs> i'm a i'm a rookie veteran it's crazy right 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 and well the thing that i really love about your vocals is uh a lot of times when I hear you sing, you remind me a lot of a cross between, say, like Rob Halford or Ralph Sheepers to me. And like, Ooh. yeah. And then like, and the funny thing is, power metal is generally not my favorite genre. But when a band does it right, I get really excited. And like those acts and Nivion, the stuff that you do does that for me. And one of the things that I, I, I realize about it is, when it comes to like clean singing and power metal and stuff, like if the singer has like a, a sense of, if this makes any sense, cohesiveness or uh, chemistry with the band, like harmonizing with the vocals. Uh, I think you were in an interview with Brew and Tunes or something. And you mentioned that like when it came to Nivion, like you played a big part on the structure of the songs, like how you apply your vocals and stuff. Can you kind of walk us through that, like your process for doing that? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, it basically anything with uh, Skinner, uh, Nivian, uh, Nivian, it's pronounced different ways. So don't. Yeah, I wasn't really sure. Like, is it? No, Nivian? no, no. It's a, literally we say Nivian, but we Nivian. say wrong. And that's a whole different thing. But I'll, <laughs> I'll answer your, your, your first question. So, yeah, structure. So the way it works in, um, in Nivian is that. Uh, we got multiple songwriters, right? So different guitar players. And what they'll do is they'll go ahead and just throw ideas in like my cue. And then if I'm feeling in a writing mood, I'll just pop some of those songs in, in the background and just listen to music over and over until something catches my, my ear. And I'm like, oh, you know, and then I'll, what I'll do is I'll sit there and I'll just listen to it. I'll open up a, 
I'm gonna get real detailed here. I'll, I'll open up a Word document blank. I'll start and I'll just timestamp what the different riffs are. I won't name them, but I'll just be like, all right, obviously this is their intro. I guess this is supposed to be the verse, pre-chorus or chorus, I'll back to this. And, and sometimes, you know, it'll be, I'll get the feel of it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I only want to shorten a couple things or make a couple things longer. And then there's other times where I'm like, yeah, that's not the chorus. I'm going to take your little bridge here and I'm going to repeat that. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they give me full reign uh, for, for literally everything. They call me the gatekeeper. Everything has got to go through Norm. And um, I'll work out all my, once I have the structure down, I work out my, my melodies. And then once I have that, then I start just diving into lyrics. Um, lyrics are always last for me. I'm not a Jim Morrison poet guy. I don't carry around a book full of haikus <laughs> or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, I want yeah. music first. It's all about, you know, I want to be able to just like hear it, feel it, then add in those those, those things. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the way it works for me. I'm, I'm you know, I, I literally will take a song and Benny Hanna the crap out of it and put it back together. So <laughs> now, uh, when it comes to your vocal style, what kind of influences do you bring into your singing? Oh man, you know, it's, it started the earliest, you know, it was like Robert Plant, you know, like Zeppelin. And then I went through, when I was growing up, um, I went through the big hair metal phase. So I was like, Sebastian Bach was like the guy. Um, then I started getting turned on in, in, in high school. Um, that's when all of a sudden I'll call it the metal vultures kind of came around. They're like, Ooh, look at this piece of meat. He has no idea, you know, he just, he's, look at this guy wearing a poison shirt who has no idea about all this other music out there. So, your horizons. Right. Oh man. They were just every day, man. Like every oh, week, yeah. my friends would come with those mixtapes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and there'd, there'd be everything from, you know, you know, dream theater to obituary to fate's warning, faith, no more, whatever, you know, death angel. It, it, it ran the gambit. So I was just being exposed to all this different music. And um, I started getting into heavier stuff. Um, I was really a big fan of um, of uh, like uh, Ray Alder from Fate's Warning. I like love Chuck Billy from from Testament. Got into Lane Staley for a while during the grunge era because I really liked his tone. Um, but now, my influences now the the bands that I listen to, the singers I really love, uh, Matt Barlow, former Ice Earth singer, now in Ashes of Aries. Love that guy, Andy Frank from Brainstorm. Uh, I love a uh, Bjorn Bjorn Strid from Soilwork. Russell Allen from Symphony X. So it just depends on what I'm, what I'm into. Jesse Leach from Kill Switch Engage. So I draw, and you, you'll, you'll hear the way I, I sing. I, I really run the gambit. I like to throw different flavors in there. So, you know, I might be like, ooh, let's sing this all pretty, a la, a la Camelot. But then, <laughs> uh, you know, then I'll be like, oh, no, I need to put some spin on that and just give it a good, you know, some mercenary or in flames kind of, you know. So I'm all over the place. I, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> You know, I'll, I like what I like, and I stand behind it. Whether someone's like, "Oh, that's you," listen to that. I'm like, "Yeah, man, I like that band. I know they're poppy." Or, you know, I'm not close-minded when it comes to my mouth. Yeah, neither. We we have a wide range. I mean, like you, I grew up in the '80s, so for a long time, Rat was my band, and like I, so, towards the end of the '80s, like someone threw in like uh, I think it was Spiritual Healing by Death, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy." <laughs> But yeah, like my world just opened up at that point with Sepultura, Obituary, like you, you know, it's just so many things. And it's interesting you mentioned Ray Adler because if I remember correctly, uh, before No Exit, he was a fan of the band before he became the singer of the band. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing about that moment. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great album. I love No Exit. Oh, yeah, oh, love No Exit. Yeah, yeah. That uh, was Ivory Gates of... Yeah. <laughs> There's something they do in the middle of that song. It's like, I don't know how they do it, but man, it is great. Uh, so how did uh, Nivion come about? Like, How did the formation come about for that particular project? So uh, I was doing, uh, at that time, I was doing Skinner, um, but it was a band. It wasn't a solo act like it is now. There, it was actually a band called Skinner. And that was formed out of the fallout of uh, the first time that I left um, Imagica back in like 2010. So I had a good run with that. We released uh, an EP and one album. Um, and then like around 2015, a couple of the guys jumped ship to go join another band, took all the music with them. You know, tale as old as time. You know, they left and I'm like, you know. And uh, so I put a post up, just a Facebook post. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking, for, I have time. I'm looking for a new band. 
Um, I'm a power. I'm a, when I say power metal, there's a lot of power metal I just don't like. I'm a heavy power metal guy. Yeah. So I was looking for a heavy power metal band. And my buddy, Brian O'Connor, a lot of people might know him. He, he sang with Deadlands. He was with Fisher's Rumors for a while. He hit me up and he's like, oh, dude, Scoob, uh, our buddy Scooby, Claudius Kramer, who's in Possessed. Scoob's got a new band, power metal band that he just started. Um, and I don't know if they have a singer, but you should hit him up. So I sent him a message and I'm like, yo, dude, I hear that you got this band. He's like, oh, I'd love to work with you. That'd be awesome because we kind of knew each other a little bit. Right. So, uh, he, it, I believe it was a Sunday. He sent me like four songs. And by Tuesday, I had three of them written and recorded and demoed and sent back. And he played them for the rest of the guys who I knew none of them. And they're like, oh, yeah, this dude's in. Um, little did I know they actually had a singer. So they fired that guy. Oh. <laughs> I had no, no idea. Uh, so they fired that dude and they brought me in. And um, yeah. And then Claudius was in the band for about a year before uh, he went and did Possessed. And then so but it was parting on good terms. We're still buddies and everything. But uh, but he's he's actually the one that named the band. Uh, Nivian. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was named before I even joined, but that's how it came about. It was me looking to uh, fill time and, and really dive into something more power metal because uh, I'm just, that's where my heart lives. So if I'm listening to something, I listen to a lot of music, but the heavy power metal, the, the, the mystic prophecy, primal fear, uh, those kind of bands is just, you know, my favorite band of all times, Evergrey. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where, when I'm listening to the majority of my music, that's kind of where I, the realm I live in. So. I will say Mystic Properties is very underrated. They are a great band. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they get cheesy at times, but not Hammerfall cheesy. No. You know, it's still, you know, <laughs> cool. So. Well, you did release uh, The Ruthless Divine in 2020, uh, but I do have a small 20-second clip of Gladiator from Druid King, which I really love, so I want to give people a little bit of a taste of that. So. Nice. Real quickly, here's some of Nevion. Beautiful. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, it's an album I really love, but I've had a hard time getting a hard copy of it. Oh. So I went on Amazon today. A CD will cost me fifty bucks. Yeah, we're we're sold out of both of our albums. Oh my uh, gosh! Um, when we hit up both labels, and they're out too. So I guess I'd that's love good. to have that on vinyl. That would be so epic on vinyl. Uh, yeah, we've been wanting to get vinyl, but here's the problem. I'm gonna tell for everyone that oh, wants vinyl, they're gonna hear it right now. It has nothing to do with how long it'll take or really any of that. So we have two lead guitar players, like really lead, like they each have full solos in every song, right? right. And uh, so all of our songs are like five and a half, six minutes long. So we would have to do a double album for any of our Nivian releases, period. Um, and then that gets really pricey. So yeah. it, it, it's not off the table where we're still always, we're just like, we need to, get to a tier where we're making enough money where we can do that. But we're right. still, we're still not there. A lot of people have no idea about that band. But, and what's funny about Gladiator is, um, I can't remember last time we played that song. That's like one, that's like one of the songs on the album that we like never play. Oh, wow. I don't know why. I just, well, yeah, just no. <laughs> a lot of great tunes and both those records are really, really good. I love them a lot. So they have Thank some spin on my radio station. So, we are very much a physical media family. Like I know a lot of people, they get rid of their DVDs or CDs or tapes, their record. We have all of it. Like we, we only get rid of things to buy more things. Like we'll trade it in <laughs> at the record store to buy more because we're like, okay, we're done listening to this. We've, we've loved it. We're going to send it back into the wild and then appreciate something new. But we have huge collections of physical media and I'll tell like, my friends and co-workers that and they're like no nah, we just stream everything on pandora or netflix and we're like yeah we have streaming too but we like we still have this appreciation for like actually having it in your hand you know you got the artwork sometimes there's little interviews and the pamphlets and everything it's cool oh yeah i i, I do i mean i'm one of those guys i had shelves right the bigs and i got rid of everything and now my 16 year old daughter 
hates me for it. She's like, you should have saved all that for me. I'm like, I didn't know that you were going to like the, my music. Um, you know, I had a box of posters, which she went through and picked what she wanted. Um, the rest, what I what I do is um, I, I use them for a birthday wrapping for my friends. So like, like, they, they love it. You know, old posters, I'll read, you know, whatever. Um, that is great. But I, I get it that, you know, I, I have fond memories of just laying on a couch or a bed, headphones on or not even just, listen, you know, reading the lyrics, you know, and listening to a full album. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of Skinner, um, you just put out a new record, uh, Dark Design, The Dark Design. Uh, I initially thought that this was your first record with that name. And then I went and looked and you actually have another record back from 2014, I think. Yeah. And another interview I'd saw, because I was trying to do some research on Norman Skinner to see who he is. Uh, you apparently started out as a band with that, and then now it's more of just a solo effort. Um, any particular reason why? Yeah, so uh, going back to what uh, we were talking about earlier, when the band jumped ship, you know, it disbanded, and I went and started doing uh, Nivian and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? F these guys. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna carry on and I'm gonna just work with different guys. So I started working with multiple guitar players. I kept my same drummer and same bass player, and I just worked with a whole bunch of different guitar players. I was able to literally handpick the songs I liked over the years. Um, and then I brought in my my uh, keyboardist from uh, Nivian to uh put keys on it. And um I worked on that album for eight years on the back burner. I mean, when oh, I started wow. I, since then I released um I think I released two Dire album, Dire Peril albums, two Navian albums, another Hellscream album, and another Magica album. While that was, I was working on that in the background, just kind of here and there. And I just, you know, it's all pers. I was just, it was just persistence, man. I was just like, in spite. <laughs> so you know, and uh, the album came out. I, I self-released. Everything was done myself. I did everything myself. I paid for all the recordings. I paid for all the artwork. I paid for the, the thing. I just put it out myself. And I'm like, this one was for me. Um, I had a couple record deals, but they were like nothing I could do. I couldn't do myself. Yeah. And, yeah. I mentioned that how uh, you did have a label at one point, but now it's just mainly for you to release your own material on. Yeah. Uh, so the songs that you choose, like, is these are these songs that were initially written for other projects and you either didn't use them no. or just more personal for you? So the music, so here's another funny thing, right? So the music was is all new. But I'm one of those people, uh, I guess when it comes to my lyrics, I'm sort of a hoarder. I don't throw anything away. I keep the ideas. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like on the last Nivian Nivi album, Nivian, whatever, uh, we have a song called, <laughs> we have a song called uh, Sinking Ships. Though That's lyrics from my first, like, band, Tramontane, from, like, in, like, 2000. That I've always had laying around. Um, so you know, on the uh, on my solo album, I would say a good half, if not more than half, of the lyrics were songs at some point in time for some project that never took off, or a, something that just got chopped and didn't make an album. And then I just saved them and reformatted them and stuff for another thing. And I always do that. Um, I you know I have probably about four or five lyrics sitting around that are songs that never happened still that. Some we'll see the light of day on some way or another. Yeah, um, it won't be in it won't be in Forbidden because I'm not writing the lyrics for Forbidden, but it'll be for one of my other projects. How oh, cool, cool. Well, I do have a little piece of a track from your newest record as well to give a little ear candy to some people. So here's uh in silence Ooh. from the latest. My favorite. Yeah, you can definitely hear your versatility in the vocals there, like the growl. That's really, really cool. Really yeah, that, that song is heavily uh, Kill Switch Engage influenced. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to, uh, this album, it just really was a labor of love. I, and I, you get to see all all of my personality in it, in it from song to song. You know, there's there's ballads, there's thrashy stuff, there's power metal stuff, and there's more core. You know, I was asking my friends, I'm like, oh, what would you call this album? They're like, power core? 
like yeah. power metal meets hardcore kind of, you know? I'm like, I love it. I'm well, like, I know they used to be a term for some like power yeah. metal, but I just never understood. There's some genres. Yeah, right? So I was really worried about this album because it was it, if it didn't do well or people didn't like it, it really falls on me because I oversaw everything. But, you know, the, the, the reviews have been fantastic, and it seems that people were really uh, – they really were getting what I was putting out, you know. Yeah, I mean? it's not, it sounds great. It's I love amazing. it. It's a really thank great you, thank record. You. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a while. <laughs> I have I have more album, more solo stuff in the works, but uh, it'll be another eight years. Good. We'll see you again. No, it won't be that long. <laughs> so you're just a creative guy. You got to keep the the ideas flowing. Yeah, I try tries to keep me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen for you, though? I know it happens for other bands. Um, sometimes when they have these songs sitting, uh, they'll say, yeah, you know, at the time that I originally wrote this, it was a different time. And then as time went on, like, let's say eight years went on, like, I heard other things, new sounds, and I just upgraded whatever I had. Does that happen to you at all? Uh, not really. Uh, it's really more uh, fluid and organic. It just, you know, as the song's written and we add our, our parts in once with the time comes to actually track the album and track the song, you know, if anyone's making any changes, that's when it happens anyway. So, you know, it's, um, I guess, I guess the real thing is to see whether the songs stand up over time, right? Can you look back on an album and be like, still sounds strong today? Or do you look back and go, that's dated as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, so I remember, and I'm, this is going to lead into another question for you, but I remember back in the late 80s, I heard an interview with Blackie Lawless from Wasp, and they were talking about labels and how they choose bands to be on their rosters and promote them. And Blackie had said something to like, you know, if a label signs 50 bands, if 10 of them stick, they consider that a success, even though they just wasted money on 30 bands that aren't going to make it. That was the way it was. Like, you know, if a band hit it big like Motley Crue, there'd be like 500, you know, bands that looked like them or tried to be like them. So now the internet has happened, Napster happened, and it changed the industry, whether good or bad, uh, for artists and musicians globally. Do you find it gives you an advantage or disadvantage when promoting yourself and your projects? Um. So does it give me an advantage or disadvantage? What? Because it kind of glitched for a second. For promoting yourself. Oh, promoting. Well, for self-promotion we're talking about? or Because, yeah. talking... like, oh, you know, you used to be able to, like, rely on labels to kind of push yeah, for you. They but... don't. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think in, at least from my – all right. So let's put it – I'm going to answer this weird. All right? Okay. So on the forbidden level – I couldn't tell you how that's going to go because I've never been on that level before. That's all new territory. I don't, you know, I don't know what big real labels do, right? I've been on indie labels. Now for indie labels, I can answer you. Indie labels, they'll, they'll do a little schedule, you know, three to four months ahead of time, mm -hmm. right? They were going to put out, want to put out a, a single and a, if there's an, a video that accompanies it, great. Let's try to release another one and we'll do work up to the album. Then we're going to do a nice little media push for about three months. And then we're going to forget about you forever. That is basically the way it works. Um, and, you know, so the bands, you know, we're left to do exactly what bands without a label do. Self-promote, push out on all the socials, do whatever you can. If you have the money, which most bands at our, our level do not, you can hire a PR company to get, to get that push for you. But, most bands can't afford that. I mean, it's 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 insane. They want thousands. Of, you know, I, I could say I've been with companies that want you know between twelve hundred to like twenty four hundred a month. You know, it's like a, we do have to pay rent and live. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and how do you know if like they're gonna do what you want your band to be? Right. When, that, when it's that, you, you can to dictate you can set your own story you can set the tone of what you want your instagram your tiktok your facebook to look like i know you can convey that to a social media manager but it it seems harder to to seem authentic like and i've noticed that because you can see that when some bands start 
putting out their own, um, or you can tell the difference between bands who are doing their own promotion and who have hired promotion. And even though the promotion is really good, it just loses that personal touch because, mm-hmm. you know, bands like you, you, you'll respond to us. <laughs> you know, uh, you yeah, I try to respond. I, 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 hopefully I can, I'm still able to do this, but I respond to any message that is sent to me on any of my, my platforms. Oh, that's awesome. Um, just because it, it doesn't take that long from, if, you know, there's people that just reach out and they're just, Hey man, I don't want to bother you. Just want to say, I think you're awesome. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with saying, I can send a thank you and you rock, you know, I don't, you know, I, I coined this, this term that people love. Um, I go, I don't want to be a cock star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody somewhere must have also come up with that but i i remember when i first time i said that and i say that all the time and people like never heard it and that is a cock star is the, the person that forgets where they're where they came from yeah and it's the big head and i've met too many of my heroes that that turned out to be that way and i'll never oh, yeah that's too bad like that and that's what i can appreciate about you because like i said we met via facebook and stuff and you'll you'll post sometimes just about random things and people will chime in including me or whatever and you respond you engage with your fans and i think that's great yeah my my wife gets on me every time it's my birthday she's like you need to get off your phone i'm like i gotta reply to everybody who wished me a happy birthday <laughs> like, I'm, I'm that guy because it's like they took the time out you know so i i should try to see if i can also take the time i don't know it's just the way i am i, I totally believe in that lead by example treat people the way you want to be treated i mean I, it's just who i am you know and i just you know it might get harder and harder if uh you know my popularity because of you know being in forbidden Oh, now you're going to be a cock star. You know that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope not. You're going to have to get t-shirts. Like Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, t-shirts. I'm going to come on the show. I'm just going to have some shades on and an Ingve shirt. I'm going to be like this the whole time. That's <laughs> an ex-funny question. <laughs> well, kind of on the tail end of that, um, do you think if the internet had not come about, do you think that Nivian or any other projects uh, outside of Forbidden would have been noticed. Like I, I, I kind of feel personally that as as much as much as people gripe about downloading all that, as a, it's actually helped a lot of these more underground bands get noticed. It allows people to who have like projects of their own get noticed, uh, whether they become something or not. But at least they have a chance. Like I can remember in the 80s and 90s buying magazines and you know you're looking at stuff and you're like but that doesn't really mean you can hear anything you just read right. it and you can hope for the best no, so I, do I'm you think you. that it's actually benefited you in that way for, for, for me at my level yes I, I, I can literally in my mind picture a chart let's get all businessy here right <laughs> i can picture the chart where the more popular <laughs> the more popular you are the more it hurts you the less popular you are the more it helps you so right. I, think, I think I think it really only hurts the really really big bands that are losing those potential sales because of streaming, etc. But right. when you're a local band or even a mid-level band, I mean, the fact that you have the internet for people to just hear a sample and get into your band, and you know, it's more that net is cast wider for more people to check you out and hear you. It's a great thing. So I am a fan, um, but if I was Metallica, maybe less so. <laughs> Well, yeah, of course, now they've changed their music so much that people are kind of like, I'm not buying that shit. <laughs> I'm going um, to add it to my Spotify and go through yeah, songs. Right, right. You, you either, let's see, it's it's almost like Survivor, right? You're like, well, you all got green thumbs right now, but I'm going to take it away if I don't like the song. <laughs> so, basically, I go. So. Well, I read an interview you did early last year, and you had a quote in there that I really, really loved. And basically, it says this. Uh, it, came to, it comes to how uh, bands, uh, the question was asked, what you thought about the message that bands send in their lyrics? So your, your comment was, some bands preach a political message while others try to be intelligent with their lyrics. Some try to tap into their emotion and write about feelings. Then you have bands that write about fantasy and dragons or bands like Van Halen where they are party bands. And I really like that uh, because I kind of agree, but it kind of ties into this thing where, I don't know, two or three years ago, there was a, a band, a mainly death metal band, 
<clears throat> and they said basically to another band, like, you know, you need to quit being sexist in your lyric or content. And I guess my question to you is, do you think that bands should be more aware of what they're singing and the messages in them? Or do you think they should have the creative uh, freedom to write and sing about whatever they want? Oof, God, that's a double-edged sword. That's a gray area. So, okay. I do believe in freedom of speech and freedom of art, whatever it may be. But at the same time, as a human being, I do think that they absolutely should be aware of their audience and what message they are putting across, especially because, you know, a lot of times these are young, impressionable kids that are listening to the to these bands. And, you know, if, if you're preaching hate, you know, and they're listening to hate, it's only going to spread hate. And that's, that's my own personal opinion. I, I stay away from there's two main things I stay away from in my lyrics, uh, politics and religion. I don't touch yeah. them. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> nothing to do with it. Um, you know, and I also try not to, I also don't write anything cheesy. You won't get a party song out of me. Um, it just doesn't, so, you're not so going to, no, no drinking songs anytime soon. No. And you're not going to hear me like cruising down the boulevard, picking up chips. <laughs> you know, you're not going to hear none of that. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, you know, it, it, it's, like I said, it's, it's hard, right? It's also like, um, like let's put it this. Here's another another sort of example, not really lyrically, but it kind of ties in. Ice Earth, right? Mm -hmm. and John Schaefer and the whole Capitol building thing, right? Yeah. I don't believe in his politics, um, but at the same time, sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist because I love the band and I love the music. Will I continue to listen to his music? Yes, I love those songs, and yeah. and, he, and he's not the one guy in the band. There were multiple people in the band, so I'm gonna listen to it. Will I buy some of his future merchandise and stuff? Probably not. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and lyrics can be the same way. If I hear bands I listen to, like a Satyricon. Mm -hmm. Love Satyricon. Do I believe in the devil and burning churches and all the death, you know, crazy shit that they sing about? No. Right. You know, but I like the songs. So it's hard, right? Yeah, that, well, that's basically how I am. Like, I don't have to agree with any ideology or political view, but you know, I live in it from everything from Striper to Demi Gear and, you know, Satyricon and stuff like you do. So I don't have to agree with like your philosophies or your religion, but, you know. Exactly. But uh, yeah, it, it was mainly just for like some of the death metal bands that sing about horror things. And I'm like, well, I understand that they're saying like Cannibal Corpse taking a knife off a woman's you know what, but it's not really a serious thing. They're being pretty ridiculous with their lyrics as it is. I'm glad you, I'm glad you used that word, ridiculous, because here's the thing, right? To me, when I hear a song like that by a band like that, I think, wow, they're just trying too hard. They're like a thirsty girl on Instagram. That's, 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 the, way, that's the way I see it. So, And I think it's ridiculous. It's a little bit more outrageous to yeah, get a yeah. Shock value. I love, I love Cannibal Corpse. I'm just saying, like, it probably is just like, but you know, with a lot of death metal, it is a theme. It is horror theme. I mean, you have when you listen to that, you have to take that into account. And I, I agree with you though, with children sometimes and teens, it's hard for them to kind of separate like what is real and what is maybe just like a theme. So it's it, it's a tough like as as we are adults, we can easily say, yes, we're not gonna be talking about chopping people's heads off but <laughs> we can't appreciate the death metal scene yeah, sorry right? when, you, when you said that i just hear chopped in half context matters it's true and like think of some other um artists like uh uh king diamond mm -hmm. every it's completely conceptual it's like reading mm -hmm. a book when you listen to a king diamond album it's like Okay, well, I'm not really gonna believe like there's this dude who is turning people into puppets, and like, it's it's kind of interesting to every time you listen to a new song or a new album, you have to be able to say, is this real? Is this conceptual? And yes, when you get to politics and religion, can I separate that from my own beliefs as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a lot of people don't know this, but I think like maybe one or two songs in my entire career I've actually put a curse word in. Like, I even try to stay away from that. So. He's being like, a good dad. I'm unmindful. <laughs> this is before I was even, yeah, you know? This is before I was like, what, I got kids? <laughs> <laughs>
Well, generally when I interview people uh, and artists, I, I asked him generally, like, what would be your like dream tour? But, you know, here we are. You're not a new lead front man for Forbidden. They are like legendary in the thrash scene. Uh, and I, I, I kind of thought about this while I was trying to put these questions oh, together. No. And it's not exact, but you're kind of living this Mark Wahlberg rock star <laughs> life now all of a sudden. Right. Is it kind of surreal for you right now? Are you still kind of processing this? I, I, I So here's the thing, right? Somebody asked me, and the analogy that I used was I feel like Rocky and Apollo's people just reached out, you know? Um, <laughs> That's a like, really good analogy. Yeah, so, um, but here's the thing, right? Um, I don't think any of it's really hit on that level. Because to me, you know, I get the call out of the blue. I was doing some Bay Area Interthrational stuff. So I was sort of expecting a call at some point in time from from Craig anyway, just to be like, hey, we're going to do some more Bay Area Interthrational. You want to do a couple songs. Later, that's it. I was not expecting the forbidden call. Not in a million years. So right. when I got that, I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I think it hit a little bit, you know, just like, oh, wow. Wow. You know. Then I didn't think anything of it, just going with the business, you know, trying to with them. They're going to lock down who the drummer is, you know, chatting with the management, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and I'm, you know, I know that I'm going to have to do the whole first album and for Alcatraz Festival for the anniversary. So I just started diving in right away because I'm a homework. I'm a prepare, prepare guy. So start learning, learning, learning songs. And then uh, the announcement hit and my world blew up for a few days like oh my god i couldn't keep up and um i've definitely underestimated that like i didn't see <laughs> that happening whatsoever but since then it's like it's crazy i still even now and it's been weeks people reaching out dude this is so cool and you know but i don't know you know they're talking about you know alcatraz is like twenty five thousand people right Whoa. i think i played for like 800 max in my career or something like that so <laughs> I've never performed live overseas. I've recorded in Sweden a couple times with uh, Andy LaRoque from King Diamond. He did a oh, few uh, nice. Magic albums with, for me, um, but I've never actually performed overseas. So there's just there's a whole lot of things that are going to be brand new for me. And um, at some point, it's going to hit. At some point, I'm going to just be like, holy crap, but it hasn't happened because right now I'm just like, let me get these songs down. Let me prep. What, what What's the plan? I, I haven't really had the time to. To, to let that down I'm the whole guard down with that right now I'm literally just prep 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 how am I gonna sing how am I gonna look how am I gonna hold myself you know yeah I just really want to deliver and be a, my first my 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 bleh, the right foot forward coming out the right way uh, you know what I mean right I'm more worried about that so there'll be celebration time later yeah. <laughs> after that I guess so yeah yeah well, right now, Forbidden is rounded up by Matt Camacho, Craig Lucerio, Steve Smith, and Chris Contos, who I've actually known since he was with uh, Conqueror. So I really like that pick there with him. Uh, that's a strong band, man. I mean, I know that uh, recently, recently, it was Tim Calvert that passed, which is unfortunate, but uh, just really, really good uh, musicians there to go along with you, of course. I know Craig and Matt have been there for a while. I think since the beginning, I'm pretty sure they were there yeah. at the beginning. So. That's uh, a powerhouse lineup. Yeah, sure. yeah. all star lineup here. Well, I, I do have a small clip. It's, it's provided by Old School 64. I just took it from his, his video clip he did. He posted it a while back. Um, you're doing live, and I think people are like, Can Norman pull it off? And I think it's safe to say you can. So <laughs> here's a little clip of you doing some live work with Forbidden. You guys look tight as ever in this, too, which is great. Like, the yeah, that was. That was me with uh, basically the band is Warbringer, and I was singing, and the singer of Warbringer was doing some backups on the side. Oh, um, okay, I did that. Know that. Of, yeah, it was part of Bay Area International, so no members of uh, Forbidden were on there. Uh, on the, oh, on this, I, I thought it was. Playing. So, okay. no, no. so yeah. they're just that's, that's what you got. I saw because I, I asked. She's him, like, is she is he the is, lead singer of Warbringer? I said no, but then like you just you were playing with the band. That's great. Yeah, their singer said he said to me, he goes, I just want you to know this is the only time. Anybody but me has fronted my band for even a song. I'm like, okay. They seen them live. They were amazing. Live. Yeah, like, I love them. Crazy. All right. We'll well, see here them, we see go. Them in a few weeks. of Blood.
Yeah, where yeah. was that? A Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Really old, really nice venue. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it sounds like it's great because even the footage is really good and clear. I think the next show I'll see there. I'm gonna go check out a Dark Angel. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're playing there soon. I'm gonna go down there and check that out. Gene and Company. Yes. Nice. Um, so you spoke. You're okay. So you're doing the Forbidden Evil EP, right? We are. We're so we're doing the uh, the whole Forbidden Evil uh, album as the 35th anniversary, which is, which was the I guess we'll call it the the final push that 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 Craig needed to uh, relaunch Forbidden was uh, Alcatraz Festival called him, said, "Hey, Anthrax dropped out. Would you think you could do the 35th anniversary of the album?" And I know Russ is retired. Could you maybe get someone else to sing? And they specifically asked for Chris Contos on drums because anyone that knows Chris, everyone loves Chris. <laughs> He's a beast of a drummer. And uh, I think that was the final thing in all the different steps that led up to, to where we're at now that he was like, all right, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I know we are doing that. Of course, we'll be playing some other songs, but I'm not going to say what. Right. <laughs> Well, a lot of people don't realize is Forbidden released Omega Wave in 2010. That album is actually very solid. I really like that record a lot. Um, But I I was curious to ask you, because going forward, are you eager to kind of like do some of the uh, songs off of those last three records, like Distortion and Green? Because those are a little bit of those weird years where they were kind of like dabbling around with stuff. And uh, They they got some solid songs on those albums, though. And uh, Omega Wave is you know, I, I, that might be my second favorite uh, Forbidden album, honestly. Dude, Forsaken at the Gates is amazing. Let me guess. Twisted into Forms, your favorite? It is. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one is, is my favorite. Uh, then the song Twisted in Forms probably one of my favorite Forbidden songs. Um, but yeah, so uh, I actually, I'll give, I'll give, for your viewers, I'll give a little behind the scenes. Okay, so um, I have a, a little playlist. I call it Homework. And it has uh, all the Forbidden songs on their full album releases in order, except the instrumentals, because I don't need to worry about those. Uh, and then as I learn the songs um, enough to where I literally have it memorized, I don't need lyric sheets, I got my counts, I move it out. So I'm, I'm actually, um, me personally, I look at it as I'm not guesting, guest singing in Forbidden and I'm going to learn some songs. I'm like, no, I am in Forbidden, so I need to learn all the songs. Uh-huh. So I'm literally going to learn, even in my own time, even if it takes a whole year, I'm going to learn every single track off of all the albums. That way, at any time, Craig and company can say, hey, how about we do this song? And I can be like, all right. I'm ready. Because, you know, and because I was a Forbidden fan. Yeah. And as a fan, I'd want to hear, you know, pull out some of those deep cuts every once in a while, you know, surprise me. Um and I hate it when some band gets a new singer and, you know, it's like, well, we're going to stick to these certain things and you don't need to worry about these other songs. No, no, no. I'm in it for the long haul. At some point, let's play all these songs, man. Let's, you know, yeah. plus whatever new stuff we end up creating with me. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing I was going to next. Like, so I, obviously you're gearing up for Alcatraz, but uh, you said the guys are probably working on new material. Uh, how's that coming along and when can we expect a release from you guys with that? I wish I could answer that. Um, I do know that Craig has mentioned a year from now he'd like to be in the studio recording. So that means there's going to be a lot of uh, writing time dedicated over this next year. Um, I can say I know that Craig he Craig teased me. He had his phone. And he's like, <laughs> I've been writing lyrics. And he's like, see? And he pulled it away. Oh, it's ah. like, 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 like that writer who's working on a novel, but no one gets to see it until it's done. Um, so yeah, he teased me with teased me with some lyrics, and um, I believe that he and uh, Steve might be kicking some uh, riffs around back and forth. And I mean, I'm very optimistic for what music they're going to create. I mean, because if it's anything even slightly like Omega Wave, I'm going to have fun singing over that stuff. That album is brutal, <laughs> man. That thing is heavy. I love that record. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to touring, like obviously you're doing Alcatraz again, but. Uh, going forward, uh, do you guys have any ideas who, what other bands you might be touring with? Um, I do know, well, I can say this. Uh, there are no touring plans. And when I say that, I mean there are no full-blown months that in touring uh, lined up. We do, we're trying to be smart, you know. Um, you know, right now we got 
the, kind the of like sporadic festival. Yeah, the festival appearance, uh, the, the, the requests are just pouring in for 2024. Yeah. So you, people can expect a lot of festivals, both, uh, you know, nationally and internationally. Um, and then we also have some, you know, uh, one-off shows that are not festivals. A couple things already being nailed down. So, so you know, um, I guess everyone just keep a lookout for those, you know, see if there's one near you. And if... Uh, if there is one that's you know decent size that you that we think that Forbidden would fit well with, reach out to the promoter and be like, bring Forbidden here, please. Oh, I'll be doing um, that because you guys need to be on Maryland Death Fest twenty twenty four. Maryland Death Fest comes back next year. <laughs> oh, That'd be great because we had uh, a few years ago we had Atrophy and that was so much fun, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember those guys way back. Hatchet, right? Huh? You said Hatchet? Oh, Atrophy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Totally Hatchet's like a newer band uh, with uh, Steve Zuzo's son, I think, is singing from Exodus. His son sings in that band. He sings in Hatchet. Just like him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. You dig it. No, I remember uh, Hatchet. I think it's the same band, but I remember them opening for my band Skinner when it was Skinner, the band. Um, <laughs> they, were just, they were just starting out. I remember that. Not uh, Nivion, but Nivion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you say it fancy. When you say it like that, you got to raise the pinky. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, fancy. <laughs> All right. Well, other than your your stint with Forbidden here, is there anything else you're going to be doing uh, outside of that? Any projects coming up or? Uh, no, uh, it really uh, it's 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 almost like um, everything's being streamlined now. Um, you know, Forbidden is going to definitely take the front seat, a high priority on everything, and then uh, Nivian's going to be right there in the passenger. So. Um, as long as there's no scheduling conflicts, um, you know, it's business as usual. The uh, We are literally today signing off on the mi final mixes for the third uh, Nivian album. Oh, cool. Um, so that and artwork was started this week as well. So going to start shopping that. Um, we'll probably give uh, Pure Steel Records another first crack at it. But then we're also going to see if, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see if, um, you know, another label that may be slightly bigger wants it or maybe they're like "Ooh, it has a singer forbidden i don't know how that works or carries oh, you in. know they'll stick like a sticker on it says the singer for forbidden is in this right so i so i have that that'll definitely be my next release so it'll be a nivian release uh for skinner skinner doesn't perform live that's recording that's just my own fun stuff um i am working on uh a cover uh, it's an oh, arch wow. enemy cover so, uh, yeah, but I'm doing a heavy power metal version. So it's not all growl. I'm actually reversing. You know, here people, they take stuff and they make it growl. Yeah. I'm actually going to be singing some of those melodies and, but keeping it, it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm not going to say which what, song. What is the song? I didn't I miss it. No, I didn't say. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's saying. I'm not showing. Yeah, I'm not giving it. I'm not sending you all my nudes. I'm just showing you a little side boot. He's like, psych. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm working on that, and then I have a, a bunch of I have a concept album, four four EP concept album in the works, oh, wow. um, with a lot of different people. I've been working on it for a while, um, so those will come out under the Skinner uh, moniker as well. So awesome! Well, any last words, my friend? Yes. So obviously, a lot of people don't know much about me. They don't know about my past projects. You know, they're just like, oh, new dude for Forbidden. Um, I have a website, normanskinner.net. If you go there, uh, literally there's a playlist on there for like 150, 170 songs of everything I've officially released. Um, there's videos, news, merchandise. I'm still poor. I'm not making that forbidden money yet. So please buy, buy, some, buy some merchandise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, just um, I would say it's the one-stop shop. And then, of course, this forbidden moves forward and we have uh, things that we re-release. Um, I'll also put information up on there. And then, of course, for Forbidden fans, there is the Forbidden Official uh, website. I believe it is. I think it's ForbiddenOfficial.com. I could be wrong, but type in Forbidden website. And there's a ton. I didn't even know this as a Forbidden fan. They've got killer merch up there. They've got Forbidden hoodies, different ones, shirts I don't have. Don't tell her that. Don't well, well me, I'm like, I'm like dude, I want to buy some of this. But then I'm like, you know, they might cut me a deal or give me some free swag. Yeah. So I, maybe I should hold off and ask. <laughs> Here, Nora, we got you a free hat, bro. <laughs> They're like, Craig, like, here, here's a guitar pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, pick. we'll see. We'll see. 
Well, great. I'll provide all those links in the uh, information box so once you. I get it uploaded and everything for you so people can go check you out and check out your site. When uh, is the Alcatraz Festival? That is August 11th. We are playing the first day of the festival. It's a three-day festival. We're playing the, the Friday night. So, uh, yeah, we're playing, I believe we're right before Trivium. So, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Should be over Trivium. <laughs> Close it out. Uh, what, so, okay, I got to go look and see what the playlist like. I mean, not, we're not going to be there, but I'd be curious to see how the bands are going to be on that bill. It'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, there's, um, I know there's uh, Power Wolf, there's Kill Switch Engage. There's a uh, Michael Shanker, um, electric, is it electric something. Oh, Wizard? No, no, so was KK's Priest is playing. Oh, then, nice. Yeah, uh, the day that we're playing, we got a lot of cool. We got Possessed, Metal Church. I mean, you know, oh. a lot of our a lot of our buddies are playing the same day, so that's going to be really cool. So who's filling in for how now with Metal Church? They got a new singer. Uh, uh, I, d I don't remember the guy's name. I actually haven't heard it heard him yet. Um, but I've had a lot of people that message me. They're like, oh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the new metal church, the Singer's Killer. So I will. So it's not somebody they used before. It doesn't sound like it now. Okay, cool. Sounds like it's a new a new, a new, new guy. All right, cool. Metal church is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, thank you very much. Hang on for me, if you will. And then for the rest of you who are watching this, please hit the like button, subscribe to our channel, check out. Norman Skinner with all his projects Norman and well, get ready for Forbidden because they're coming back. And they're going to be badass, of course, as always. All right, hold on and uh, we'll be right back.